Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for the post-match pint in association with Purity. If you use the code hashtag Villa View, you'll get 10% off all Purity's beer and Aston Villa goodies. Joined again by Ty Bracey and Neil from the For Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And yep, Villa have pretty much ruined another weekend, Neil. At, at half-time, everything's decent half, albeit we, we sat back a little bit and invited Palace back into the game. Second half, I'm a bit aghast at what I've seen, really. I, I mean, I can't put my finger on what's gone wrong, but just way too passive. Crystal Palace have had 22 shots, most shots they've had in the game this season. Not really good enough. Yeah, we'd no midfield from minute 45 onwards. We'd we'd, we'd no midfield, none, none, none whatsoever. Uh, they could just play the ball over us. We didn't track any runs. We were late getting back uh, from midfield. Uh, the two goals, the, the two goals they got to actually, you know, to, to win the game were... They were just like you can talk about bad defending all you want, but the strokes of luck that the the Crystal Palace got with those two goals as well obviously didn't help. Beze just completely mishits a shot, completely mishits a shot. Tariq Mitchell just gets in, doesn't have a clue what he's doing, just wants to get something on the ball. Fair play to him for that. Hits him high on the, on the arm, never a handball, goes in the back of the net, and then. You know, uh, Wilfred Zaha pings one in. El Mahamedi at point blank range turns. You know, why? I, I had loads of people messaging me saying, "Oh, why does he needs to be braver there? And he needs to put his face in front of the ball." Yeah, uh, easier said than done, lads. But it hits off him, goes into the back of the net. But just look, there was there was a flatness there in that second half, and I I I think it all came from midfields. That you know we've been passive in midfield, but this was a different level passive in midfield today, and their midfield was. No great checks. Jeffrey Schlupp, Eze, um, 
They brought off, uh, they had J- uh, James McCarthy in there as well. They brought him off and brought on James Tomkins, Tomkins and brought brought out uh, Czech Coate as well there. We should be able to mix it up with those guys, but we just weren't able to do it in there. And uh, look, as the game went on, Crystal Palace grew into it. We lost 3-2 and yeah, here we are. Yeah. Full of beans. Shades, shades of the, the Burnley game a little bit, albeit I don't think we played anywhere near as, as well as we did against Burnley, especially in the second half, Ty. But we've gone from a team that when they went ahead, you thought they'd go and win games, very rarely lost a game or even drew a game when we went ahead to a team that now goes ahead. And you ain't got a clue what's going to happen because today we've been ahead twice. We shouldn't be chucking it away against Crystal Palace because being kind... They've got a couple of good players, but they're an ordinary side. And the, some of the midfielders that Neil's just just named there, to not be able to deal with that midfield and not get control of that midfield is very, very worrying. Yeah, it was a... <sighs> we welcomed way too much pressure. Um, you know, we, we went 1-0 up. All good. And then welcomed a lot of pressure again. And then, you know, we, we go up the other end and react. And then as soon as it's... I mean... <sighs> We had nothing in the second half at all. Absolutely no, nothing. No, nothing at all. Um, it, uh, Ebeli Ize looked, you know, looked world-class today. Uh, you know, I won't knock him personally. I think he had a great game. He was hungry for the game, hungry to win it for Palace. Um, and you can see in his statistics for them this season that he's, uh, you know, that he's, he's found his feet in the Premier League. Um, we're without some key players today. Massive problem. You know, we can see the depth. We're, we're lacking depth in the squad. We need some depth. We need some more quality when our first team players are out. Mings, I can't see. You know, we needed Mings today. There's no organisation without Mings in there, is there? I think, I think, I thought Hawes would actually be able to deal with Benteke and largely probably did deal with him, albeit Benteke obviously climbed above him for that first goal. But I'm not sure there's much you can do when Benteke is in, in that kind of form, in, in that kind of mood. But they did feel like there was a complete lack of organisation. You do kind of feel if Mings had been there, we might have got, got a hold of the game a little bit more. He might have pulled the lads together because it, it just felt like we didn't know what to do. Yeah, and it's 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 a case of like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't with Tony with, with Roman Mings. Like, you know, we've come on here and defended him nearly every single time that the, the knives have been out for Tyrone Mings. And then it's days like today that, like, I don't particularly think that Courtney Hawes was a fault for any goals or anything no, like no, that. Man. And I'm a massive Courtney Hawes fan, you know, and and I'm just a small bit. I suppose this is as hot as a hot under the collar as I get about Aston Villa. But look, Tyrone Mings is missing today. Yet everybody is aghast that oh, if Mings was in there, you know, we, we're missing Mings. But yet at the same time, if Mings steps over a ball or tries to play a ball out of defence and the cannons off somebody and we score, everybody wants him dropped. So like we got to pick a side of the argument here with regards to regards to, to to players, or else just be of the opinion that look, mistakes happen. Players make mistakes. They don't do it on purpose. And if they don't do it on purpose, then we deserve to give them another chance. But I 100% agree, Dan. Um, I'm just a bit ranty at the moment and I 100% agree with what you're saying there that uh, that Mings is like Mings um, in, in that back line there does make a huge difference in the stability that having a back four when you take 50% of your back four out that have been there yeah, all season well. you know that they, the unit doesn't move as well but um, yeah that's the last bit of massive ne- mass of negativity I'm going to have I'm going to try and keep it positive after that but just a small bit raw 
Sorry, guys. I, I, I wish I wish you all the best. We're trying to find a, a few positives. I, I'm looking at the defence tie and I'm thinking, okay, it's not our first first choice back four, but it's not them that's inviting the pressure. It's the midfield again. We've spoke about the midfield. It feels like the whole of t- 2021. When you when your back's up against the wall, you need someone to put their foot on the ball, get control of the game, break the play up a, a little bit. I think when Petrov used to play in midfield, I thought he used to be excellent at doing that. He calm everyone down. He put his foot on the ball. If you needed to buy a foul in the middle of the park, he'd just go down and get us a foul. He'd get his body across and win us a, just a nothing free kick in the middle of the park. But he broke the other team's rhythm up. There's no stability in the in the centre of mid, midfield, really. There's there's no strength in there. There's not that ball winner. And Palace, as I say, are an absolute average side. To, to see them absolutely dominating and, and basically walking all over our midfield is a big worry. And it, it, you look at the bench and okay, you could have bought Nakamba on maybe, but again, I'm okay, he's a bit of a ball winner, but I'm not convinced he's gonna he's gonna stem the flow. People are saying about Dean making substitutions. I look at the bench and think they're in a Really, a lot, a lot there go? to change it, but the, anything is going to make it a whole lot better. But we need to upgrade midfield in in the summer. We need a proper ball-winning midfielder, someone who can keep things simple, win the ball back, a bit of physicality. Because it was same against Burnley. We've come up against Palace today. You come up against a physical side, and we can't deal with it. Yeah, in the in the first half, I think it was clear we had McGinn looked great in the first half for me. He was. He I'm was not knocking McGinn today. I don't think it's McGinn. Yeah. He, he, he had a good game, um, but around him, that's where I think we need improvements. Um, Dougie's not doing too great at the minute. He's out of form. Jacob Ramsey, again, young and learning. Um, if we're going to be pushing for them Europa spots, we, we've got to do more. We've, we, we need more in the midfield. We need that uh, We need that experience. And as you said, Dan, you know, we need that bit of a dirty midfielder who ain't afraid to get stuck in, you know, just like McGinn. Um, I think we're definitely lacking there. Palace seem to welcome a lot on the right hand side of our defence with uh, with no Matty Cash and, and and I think Almo did well in the first half against Zaha. He uh, he kept him yeah. in his pocket for a for a fair majority of the first half. It was just the second half we seemed to crumble down that side. It, uh, Eberle is a shot on that that hit the crossbar. I mean, if that had gone in, you know, I probably would have turned it off if I'm honest. That's where I would have said curtains. And then with, with Jack as well. When Jack come on, we you know, we, we do a lot through the left when Jack plays on the left. And I felt like we've been without him for so long now that the players don't really do everything through the left anymore. Um, it, it was tough for him to get in the game and him for making an impact, you know, which is a shame for him because he's hungry and, you know, he's Villary. He, he wants it massively for us. So it's just disappointing to lose to Palace. It, it should be something we're getting three points from, man. I've got to say, I thought it's not from not wanting to go down the left or not, not remembering how to go f- f- from the left nail. It's Again, it comes down to we'd have enough control in the game to be able to give Jack Grealish the ball when he came on. I mean, we're 2 yeah. 1 up when, when, when the lad comes on. So you're thinking, right, come on here, kill them. He, he was 2 1, wasn't he, when he, when he came yeah. on before? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like a howler. Yeah, so we're 2 1 up. You bring Grealish on, you think, right, push now, he'll make a difference. Third, third goal can come through him. If we soak up a bit of pressure, we'll be able to break. But the pressure was was just constant from Palace Neil. And when we did try and get out, we couldn't get out. So you've got Jack Grealish on the pitch, but and you can't get the ball to him. Mm. Yeah, Dean Smith substitutions, like as you said, that the the there are are people questioning that, but yet we brought on yeah, the best I get player. That. The, the best no, but what I'm saying is I would have made that exact same substitution. Every single person, if we were the stadium was full, we would have all said, you know what, bring on Jack now to control the game. I'd bring him on, carry the ball. Say. I've got to say about him as a 10. I, I really like Jacob Ramsey. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. But for me, he's absolutely not a number 10. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I thought that he flagged in this game today. You know, I thought that he did, and uh, I would have. You know, he, he played the full ninety minutes, but yeah, it, it wasn't. He came off a of Wesley in the, the, the end. I think Ramsey came he, off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we went, we went yeah. a bit Steve Bruce at the end, didn't we? Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah, all the strikers did. on, like we did against West Brom. Scott Wesley came on. Yeah, yeah. Scott Wesley came on. I think I must. I don't think he touched. Up. I don't think he touched the ball. To be fair, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was coming up the stairs to do this. I'd say that's yeah. that. But um, no, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Look. <laughs> It's it's just it's just one of these games, you know, whereby if he had gone ultra defensive and and like I think the team sets up to go defensive within the same structure that they have and the, and and the, with the players that they have. So like if we bring on even more defensive players, I don't think there was any we could have dropped back any further because we were defending very deep as it was. Uh, bringing on Jack would have helped us to stretch the game, and I understand why he came on to stretch the game to get a hold of the ball, to get more possession of the ball again, and to try and carry the ball forward to give our backline. Um, a break as opposed to just basically lumping it up to to Ollie Watkins, which we were we did do for a good bit of that second half. You know, I think that's and that's why I think that was that was probably the right substitution to to make at the time. We we're two one up, you know, try and bring on Jack Grealish to to carry the ball um, more so that we could we could uh, we we could control it. But it just didn't come that way, you know. Jack got a couple of niggly fouls. Um, when I say a couple, I mean every single time he touched the ball, uh, Joel Ward seemed to boot him. And uh, he got some fouls for it. He didn't get other fouls for it. But it's not an excuse, I suppose, really, for 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 the way that we were just kind of carved open at times. Uh, you know, when they were kind of transitioning from back to front. But um, as you said there, where like the substitutions that we were going to, that, that we could have made, uh, I I'm I'm not really sure. Like he's going to be called reactive. I'm sure Dean Smith after this. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it a few times. Too. And that's like it's it's fair to say you can't you can't defend like you can't say oh he's not reactive because he did react. But if you know he had to bring on some striking uh, impetus. But um, I'm sure this uh, that you know that this had there have been maybe a more defensive substitution he could have made earlier that he was comfortable with. Maybe it would have been made, but. Um, uh, I don't know. I think we were defending very deep as it was at that stage anyway. So like just bringing someone else in that sitting deep could have made a massive difference. But I think it's just, I think it's, so as you said, Dan, you got, you got the nail in the head. We need a big destroyer in there in midfield. We just do to allow our players to go forward and come back because it's all well and good having box to box midfielders uh, within your midfield three. But Somebody has to stay at home, mind the house as well, you know, and I, I'm not quite sure that that happened as much today as we had seen it maybe at the start of the season. Yeah, Let's I look at... I, I, no, no, I, I just look... I, I used Leicester as an example yesterday, watching him. Yeah. And, and Dida is their most important player. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. They've got some fantastic players. They're a great club. I was really pleased for them yesterday. But you take Ndidi out of that team, and it's, it's not the same side. He does all those things that, we, that we've just talked about that we, we were lacking today. And it's not easy to find a player like that because they, they, they don't grow on trees, that they're not everywhere. Otherwise, everyone would have them. He's been a fantastic signing for them. We need someone like that because we're a good side on our day. But when, when the pressure's on us and when in games like that against what is an average side, as, as, as I keep saying, but a physical side, we can't cope. Let's go back. Let's rewind. Let's go to, to the start of the game. In the, in the first half, Ty, up, in, up until we scored, I was like, right, this is interesting because we're, we're a team that likes to counter-attack. But here, Palace are a, a defensive side. They're quite happy to keep games tight. That's the way they've been under Hodgson for the last three, four years. It'd be interesting to see us dominate possession. And we played some really nice stuff. And I thought I thought we handled that, that responsibility in the game really, really well. We were creating chances. McGinn scores a, a, an excellent goal. It's a great finish from John McGinn wearing the armband today. And you're thinking, right... There's something to work with here because that first 
20, 30, 30 minutes, I, I thought we were brilliant up, up until we scored when we went into our shells. Yeah, the, the, you bang on, Dan. The, we looked great. We, we come sharp. We come hungry. We, we come looking for the win. And then Palace straight away, they, they, you know, they reacted straight away. And then we reacted again. And then after mm. that, that was where we seemed to shut off at 2-1. You know, when at, at 50 minutes, I was like, we need to get Jack on. We need to get Jack on. We need one more here to put this to bed. Yeah. But we, we, we welcomed the pressure for the entire game. And you, you could see that the pressure was, it was crumbling us as, as you know, the the vocal, the, the vocal leadership of Mings, we were definitely about that today. And I think that's a massive part of, of um, how important he is to us. He's, he's the vocal leader on the pitch. Um, it's it's so frustrating that we we've took the lead twice. When we after after we had took the lead in two one, I thought okay they've learned that they know now that you know we've we've reacted, we've took the lead. Let let's stay in control of the game. They were just a hungrier team, and that we crumbled at the pressure, absolutely crumbled. And I think that has partly to do with we we're usually very good at welcoming a lot of pressure. We we defend well, we block well, we clear well. And I just didn't think that was there today. I really didn't think that was there today. You could argue, really, Neil, it hasn't been there the entire second half of the season. I mean, we've been saying for weeks we don't want the season to peter out. It's still been a great season, but it has petered out. There's absolutely no no denying that. We're probably not even going to finish top half now, which, to be honest, is a little bit of a disappointment. I wanted a top half finish. In the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't make a fat lot of difference finishing 11th rather than 9th or 10th, you know, but I wanted to say we're back as a stable top half team and I, I probably can't say that now because it's looking unlikely that we're going to do that. I mean, we kept we kept a clean sheet against Everton, you know. So so we, we didn't score in that game, but we kept the clean sheet today. We scored a couple of goals. We let in three. We've become a frustrating side now. Yeah, we have all year come to the pitch of games where we're expected to be beaten in and expected to be underdogs in, and we've never come to the pitch of games with 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 teams that we're expected to beat. You know, you go back to Brighton, both games against Brighton. You know, both games against Burnley. Uh, yeah, we peppered our Burnley's goal with those like six thousand shots. I think uh, at a rough estimate we had in the oh, first I think it was game. Seven eight thousand, if I'm being honest. Could, could have been, and El Ghazi had ninety percent of those. But um, uh, Crystal Palace, you know, realistic. Crystal Palace first game, yes, we did. We did in the second game. Um, Newcastle first game, we did. We did in the second game against Newcastle. So like when we look at it, Sheffield United, Sheff- it's Sheffield the second United. Half of the season. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Games you sign, eh? Second half of the season. Yeah, 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 uh, and and I, I've I've been I've kind of stayed away from finding excuses, um, but uh, I I I think that the the COVID had more of an effect than we probably would believe, but that's not an excuse for today. You go two one up, you should be able to see out a game like that against Crystal Palace, who realistically would have had their flip flops on and their beach towels out, you know, ready for the. You definitely or, shouldn't go and lose the game. You no, might draw it. no, you shouldn't no. go and lose. There should manner. be a bit of bit of experience and a bit of bit of game management in the team there to be able to do that, but it it, it just wasn't there. It wasn't, and and I'm going to say within the team because like the players in the field should know that right. We got to shut up shop here and we got to start doing things a small a bit, small bit more um, coherently or, or or even less flamboyantly or whatever you want, whatever way you want to call it. And I don't think anybody did anything out of the ordinary. As I as I went through their two goals, their two the two goals that won it. Scuff Shaf and Meze just happens to fall to a guy who just runs at the ball and 
just wants to get anything on it and hopefully it doesn't handle it for it to go into the net. And then the other one comes off um comes off uh, Ahmed and Mohammadi then and just just completely wrong foots the goalkeeper. So like there was an element of fortuitous uh, yeah, nature, definitely. should I say, with their goals, but we didn't contribute to it. Like, you know, uh, so like you, you you look at goals like when I remember when we spoke about about Southampton and Southampton um Scored scored worldies. They scored four worldies against us when they beat us four three. And you're kind of going, wow! Like you know, there's no stopping those goals. We could have stopped every single one of their goals today. And that's kind of the the um the thing that's sticking in my craw that this has crept into this has crept into us as the as the season has gone on. As you said, since the second half of the season. And uh, I just hope that um you know I hope that the changes are afoot or that you know there's there's something going on there that's going to be able to address this for the coming season. I don't know whether you just saw you just saw that stat that pops up on the screen. Too small. Uh, well, basically, we've 19 points from losing positions. Sorry, from winning positions in 2021, and I think it was zero this season in in 2020. You know, when we were ahead, mm. we saw our games. We we won games. We we got the job done. Up until the Burnley game, Dan, it was zero. Yeah, up until that was, that, that was this year, wasn't it? 2021. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's mad. That is a. When you think of the first half it's of the game. season, that stat, that stat is massive and it, it tells you a lot. You know, okay, some of the games, Man U, Man City, you go ahead, you end up losing those games. It, it can happen, albeit last week was probably the most annoyed I think I've ever been at a, at a football match, but we won't go back in, in, into that one. But Palace, Burnley, they won't score more than two goals in a game very much this season, if if, if at all. Have Palace scored three goals in a game this season? They probably, probably have at some stage. You know, they're not exactly free scoring, are they, Crystal Palace tie? You could, the goals are the goals are, are bad as well. Second one's a, a little bit un, unfortunate. I think Concer and Elmo both kind of Concer's initially covering Elmo. Elmo ends up covering Concer. They've they've not done a lot a lot wrong there. It's hit Elmo. It's unfortunate. We unfortunately played all our deflection cards in the game against Liverpool. I don't think we've had a, a lucky goal since since that seven two win. We we used all our cards in one day. But as I said to to Neil, just draw the game at that point. Then don't mm. don't don't certainly don't go and lose it. Yeah, I think they were. I mean, I don't think it matter what we did. Uh, you could see they were hungrier for it. They were hungry, hungrier. They for could have it. scored more. They could have scored more. Absolutely. And in the end, they deserve to win. Yeah, when when they the crossbar, that's when I, I could just see it coming. They they knew it was coming as well. The the Palace players, they knew it was coming. Um, and seeing that stat on the screen, that the argument that people are having online where they're saying, oh, I, if at the start of the season someone said to me, would you be happy with 11th or 12th? I would have said, absolutely. If we hadn't started off the season the way we did, if we'd started off the season the way we did and then we fell off in the second half of the season, that's why it's frustrating for people because they've seen what we were capable of. They were seen we were capable of you know, competing with the, with the top guys. And to see that form slip off in the second half of the season... We're at that point where you don't know what Aston Villa are going to show up before a game. And we started bright. I thought it was going to be a, a winning side today. And we're, we're at that point where we, we're inconsistent and we don't know what team are going to show up. And that's the most frustrating part. So I can completely uh, empathise with people who are, who are frustrated with us finishing 11th or 12th or every finish. Um, I don't think we're going to th- finish 10th now. And then we have to listen to Leeds fans for the rest of the the rest of time saying how they've finished above us in the Prem in their first season back. Um, so I, I can see where everybody's coming from. It's frustrating. We just need to keep that consistency up. I can take us losing if 
we give it everything. But when we've welcomed it and crumbled at it today like we have, it's just not acceptable, in my opinion. Yeah, today today is a very, very bad day at the office. But there's been a few bad days at the office in the, in the, in the second half of the season. It feels like there's been a few recently as well. Let's try and find some crumbs of comfort somewhere now. Let's talk about El Golza because his record is phenomenal. I think he deserves a massive pat on the back. Another goal for him today, albeit he's counted for absolutely nothing. But his stats from the amount of starts he's had, that, that's 10 goals in all competitions now. Considering the abuse he was getting at the start of the season, he didn't even really make the bench until Christmas. That guy deserves an awful amount of credit. And to find himself in the provisional Euro, Euro squad for Holland as well, fair play to him. Yeah, and uh, I put up a tweet earlier on. Um, a mate had sent me that uh, Algazi has scored more yeah, goals. Yeah, sorry, good than, tweet. Yeah, yeah, he scored more goals than Richardson, Mount, Rafinha, Werner, uh, Werner, should I say, Saka and De Bruyne. And we're not just talking one or two more goals. We're talking four or five more goals than those guys in the Premier League this year. So um, I'm going to put my hands up and say at times I can be very critical of Anwar Algazi. Um, but that's like my, my biggest thing is that I need to recognize that not everybody is guts and glory. Um, I could never score 10 goals in a season ever, even in the lowest grade of Sunday league football. So um, I'm sure if he was if he was to criticize me, he'd say, yeah, you're only good at kicking people up in the air. You're not good at scoring goals. So horses for courses, I suppose, there, you know, and, and um, fair play to him. Provisional squad, as you say, ten goals this season. We'd be lost without these goals. Like realistically, here he's we've got, us got a lot of points. Yeah, he's got us sport. a lot of points. Yeah, and Bertrand Traore has as well. Infuriating as they can be on any given day, you know they've contributed 15, 16 goals between the two of them this season. Last year, I don't think we had. I'd say if you were to if you were to put our our top three together, I don't think we had sixteen goals between them. You know, so no. it's a uh, it's it's just it's in a way it's. It, that's progress, I think, for these guys. Um, and, uh, you know, that is a positive, I think, for the team, for sure. It really, really is. Yeah, it's, it's just this bit in the middle at the moment. You know, you think in the mind the defence has been excellent. We've conceded three today, but I'm still coming back to the the midfield being the problem. That's where yeah. that's where, where I, sit, I sit today. I just think that we've got no control at any point in, in the second half. And that, that is a concern. You could even see Jack. I think it was Louise. I don't want to pick on Louise there, but, you know, he gave him a ball. I mean, you just gave him absolutely no chance. And I'm not going to repeat what Jack was saying. He's basically saying that pass wasn't very good. And that was mm -hmm. the, the, the story of the second half. Mid midfielders not passing the ball correctly. We haven't figured out what to do with our number 10. Uh, whatever, and, and, and Louise is a different kettle of fish, I think, as well. Because I'd like if Louise was two inches or three inches taller and maybe two inches or three inches wider, you know, and, and was a bit more static. You know, it's very rarely you're gonna, I'm going to say I'm going to give out to somebody that for being too um, mobile. You know, but I think, you know, the positional sense there has kind of drifted a small bit. But we really need to figure out what we're doing with our number 10. We have to. It's pivotal. When Barkley's on the field, we have a two-man midfield and it's just not good enough. We don't have the, the we don't have enough penetration from Barkley when he's there. And we don't have enough enough tracking back from him. You know, there's a big gap in their spacing between our midfielders when he's there. When Jacob Ramsey was was there today as well, the positional sense wasn't what was wasn't uh wasn't what it should be. And when he picked up balls at the edge of the area, yes he was there for those but you know he just needs a small bit more time he's a small bit undercooked I think at the moment but um, not knocking the kid you know he's going to th things are going to look up for him um, 
but today just wasn't one of those days for him. So I think that's really what's happened. When our number ten was f- was flying it before before Christmas, before um, and even when we were playing Jack in there, you know, when El Ghazi yeah. first first popped onto the scene. Well, that was the last time we were flying. El Ghazi left. Greenish ten. Try all right, yeah. right. Now yeah. we're both scoring goals on the wing, and Jack was running down. That that was the yeah. last time we were flying. And and that's what we need to do. We haven't had stability. We haven't had confident a confident number ten in there since. Uh, and for me, that's that's what I want to see over the next next two games. Is what are we going to do there? Are we going to abandon our three in midfield and maybe go to flat four, which would be criminal, I think, for me. I think you start the season as you mean to go on. You just have to find out how to make it work. But once again, I'm not going to really dig on Dean Smith for this because, like, the. Like you play Barkley in there, you play you play Ramsey in there. I, I I don't know what other options he really really had, and you know people might say bring on Carney. Yes, maybe bring on Carney. He might might be excellent, but um, I think that would be more for next season as well. But be interesting to see what that ten position holds over the summer. Yeah, well, I can tell you what, what I think. I'm going to go on a limb and say I think Jack will be playing into ten if he's with us next season. We'll have a new left left winger. Louise and McGinn won't be the, the midfield partnership. They'll both still be here, but I think there'll be another mid- central yeah. midfielder brought in that competitive. I can't even say competitive. I still can't say midfielder in there next to one of them, you know, and they're not both starting every game. And I think seeing out this season, Ty, next two games now, I think you'll see Jack back as a 10. I think that's where he'll be playing. He'll start the next two. El Ghazi left, Troy or right, right, Louise and McGinn. And we go back to what, what was working before Christmas. Yeah, I agree. It'd uh, it'd be a good shout. But touching on what you said about the transfers, do you think that is it fair to? I mean, Trezeguet is obviously out, so we we need some depth on the wing. But do you think that Dean brings in uh, a left winger if Jack goes as a ten? Do do you think he brings in uh, a left winger when when Amwar's do, doing ten goals in half a season? I think on the back of the stat that Neil said. I think his goals per 90 is higher than some of the high scorers in the league, um, mm. which is a crazy stat because he's come in the team at the point where the form started to drop off. You know, I'm in no way saying that he's a part of that. Um, but I mean, he, he's shown up in a time where we've been very inconsistent. So I think he definitely needs some competition. The wings definitely need a comp- uh, some competition. And I think that's where you see the best out of the Villa players is when they have somebody who's hot on their heels fighting for a first team place. Well, I think that's I think that's I think that's what you said there is correct. I think El Ghazi may well be starting to start the season at left wing, but I think you'll see a striker come in and I think you'll see Watkins play a lot of games from the left next season as well. It's about having those options, being flexible, having people to bring on. Because we've seen today, people, as I say, are having a go at substitutions. The game's not going your way. I don't see much on that bench that's going to come on and completely change the way that game goes. I really don't think we've got the personnel. It's not, I'm not making excuses because we should have enough to beat Crystal Palace, but I'm just saying I don't think any substitution that we would have done today would have particularly made made a difference. I don't think we had the right style of play. I don't think we have the right style of midfielder at this club at the moment to, to stem the flow in a game like that. I just don't think it's there at the moment, whatever Dean does. But I agree, he could have been a bit more proactive with his substitutions in general. But yeah, we'll be bringing in a goal scorer. 100%. And as I say, I think you'll see some games with Watkins playing left next season. But that's probably a chat for a transfer special show that we would do. A four-hour special point. with Neil. Yeah, Neil. <laughs> I would just let Neil do that on his own, to be honest. No one else, no one else really needs to be there for, for that one. That, that, that'll just be Neil with his with his Y Scout database, just, just running love us you, through. Neil. Yeah, running us through the hottest properties in world football. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> should, should, should we go? Should we go? 
because I think everyone probably just wants yeah. to get some of their Sunday back. I don't think anyone wants to talk about us losing yeah. any longer. Thanks to the guys for, for joining me again. Really, really great. Well, no, it wasn't great as a bitch, actually, but thank you for coming on and, and talking to me. And thanks for everyone for watching and tuning in as well. Thanks as ever to Purity for continuing to sponsor us. Code hashtag VillaView will get you 10% off all their lovely, lovely beers and ales. Well, we'll be back as a game on Wednesday, isn't it, Spurs? So, yeah, there'll be a post-match point on Wednesday. Again, may do a preview before, but at the moment, there's so many games, it feels a bit futile doing a preview because it's out of date immediately. But, yeah, make sure you tune in for the post-match point at 8pm on Wednesday, the 19th of May. Try and enjoy the rest of your weekends. Up the villa. Up the villa. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.